if your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. That is a quote by Buddha. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 61. Before I get into this week's episode, I just want to let you guys know that I am so excited. I am two weeks out from the launch of my new book, From a Mess to Amazing, Seven Steps to Create the Life You Deserve, and it's going to help you bring the new year in right If you need some motivation to stay focused and and follow through on your goals, change your life, take radical action to transform your life, this is the book for you. So I'm very excited and it's going to be available everywhere books are sold from Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million. It's out there. So please, 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 I ask for your support. Go out and get the book. Read it. Hopefully it'll inspire you. Let me know what you think. And I'm just I'm so excited and I'm glad that you have been along with me for the journey. Now on with this week's episode. The topic of this week's episode is you have a voice and you have a choice. My guest this week is Louise von Liebenberg. Louise works with motivated men and women to help them uncover and neutralize their unique challenges by creating an empowered outlook through personal life coaching focused on changes in behavior, mindset, perspective, and intention. Louise is an author, a transformational coach, and an adult child syndrome specialist. Hi, Louise. Thank you for being on Trina Talk. Thank you so much for having me, Trina. I'm so excited to be here. Ah, You know, it is so amazing to me how we are continents apart, but yet we have come together. Um, Tell the listeners where you are and share your story with everyone listening. Okay, so I'm in South Africa. it's um, my my story started um, probably the best to say in my childhood, and um, having had a difficult upbringing, I was an alcoholic, and my mother just made do. She single mother, and she just did the best she could. But somehow I fell through the, the cracks, and I just didn't have a grown up taking care of me. So I become responsible very young, and. I do know it's it's a story that that fits a lot of people. So uh, that's one of the reasons that that it inspires me to tell this, so that people can be aware that there's a a better way and a easier way. But uh, what basically happened is I'm an uh, alcoholic who also has ADD, 
and our relationship was really good for about 15 years. We were blissfully codependently married, and then it started unraveling. It looked like it was working even when it wasn't working, but when it started unraveling, you know, I went into, I tried, uh, you know, rescue mode. I tried everything. I firmly believed it was my job to fix it, and I tried. And whatever I tried, I had to I'm trying harder, and we kept pickling back to the same point. And um, eventually, I didn't know what to try anymore, and I gave up, and I went into helpless and hopeless. Help, helpless and hopeless is a very dark place. It's not a place it's one for anybody. Uh, so at the end of that two years, I, I felt I had nothing to give to anybody, no contribution to make. I basically shut myself off from, from everybody else. And it was just greatest good luck that managed to get through to me. And I realized that I was showing my own body, my own physical self, but by where my emotions have managed to get to. And just something said to me, I can't carry on this way. It's absolutely, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But I knew that I couldn't be this unhappy anymore. I couldn't sit and wait for somebody else to change. And um, I, I said, let's get a divorce. This is the end of it. Um, it's not why we can't get divorced, but we're going to do it. And that day when I started respecting myself in my life changed. And I just had angels, human angels, and the right reading material, and just right people coming into my life, one after the other, after the other. And um, I've managed to change my life around and I have an excellent relationship with the same guy. I call him my new husband. He's the same guy. And uh, um, I've been helping other people, leading groups, wrote the book. And it's just phenomenal that from that deep, dark despair, I've managed to get here where I live every single day. And I'm just so happy and don't need anybody to make me happy anymore. I've got all these fantastic tools and it's, it's just a, it's a miracle. Mm. Louise, you know, I, I love what you were saying. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about myself as well. But something you said um, that really resonated with me was the fact that you said you were at a point of helplessness and hopelessness. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you started to look within yourself and say, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm not happy. I need to change. How long did it take you to get to that point? Because for for many people, and this could have been you um, as well, and I know for me, we know this, but a lot of times we know it, but we think it's going to get better or we don't act on it. We don't do anything. And then finally, it comes to a point when we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. No more point. I call it the no more point. So. I, I was struggling in this marriage for 12 years, um, trying, five different suggests. Every single time you think, no, there must be somebody who can help me. You can try somebody else. You go through it for another two years. You just keep on hoping. It gets a little bit better. You're back to the same point. And it gets a little bit better. And it's a little bit like emotionally battered wife. Because you keep on hoping. And you just, you know, you get the wonderful apologies, the promise a little bit better behavior and then you're just back there again and so you you, you sit you're caught in a cycle of really the whole time 
putting your your hope and your happiness in somebody else's life hands and and, and that's not the way to do it so i was in that cycle for 12 years i mean the two years that i that i gave up just can't I, I can't even think that that was me because that's not who i am i'm proactive and positive and i've managed through 12 unhappy years to get up to a of two years and complete helpless and hopeless so it it was like really overnight so that mm. moment what i when i realized what i was doing to myself at the end of 12 years and two years that moment when i realized it was the moment when when everything changed mm. so what did you do as you started your journey to change what type of things did you do you know it was re- it's really amazing i think it always starts question and and what is it when i'm missing a kind of question like what is it that i'm not seeing the minute you you become curious and the minute you come willing to listen to other people and to reach out to ask for help it's i found this time and time again it's when you are willing the right people will come over your road so somebody gave me a, a pamphlet about elderly um functional home syndrome so as aca and it's you know it's 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 gaining traction more and more people are becoming aware of of what it is but it's basically if you grew up in a dysfunctional home when the children become adults before they should and when those learning patterns that you learn as a child help you and it works until you're about 19 and then when you go into the adult world all of these patterns that works so wonderfully well that you grown up without the support of of that you needed those same patterns will slowly start um hampering you so you know like for one pattern for instance is that you think because you have to take care of yourself as when you were small that you have to solve all your problems yourself everything is your responsibility you um cannot ask for help and you cannot show anybody that that you or anything else but bulletproof so what you basically do is you build this big wall around you and this big wall of um everything is okay and in the mean you just don't get support you get more lonely and more lonely and um physically you get tired more tired and just worn out and you end up and out because you are this bulletproof super person and it's not working and that whole wall that you build around you is actually what push people away from you and so so the very thing that kept you going when you were a child is that messes up your relationships so it was like a miracle happened the minute when when i found out what adult children of dysfunctional homes syndrome was and i started really researching it you know it is a spin off of aa and alanon uh, so uh there's a big book for it and it's a 12 step program for it but i couldn't find a support group there was nobody around and not a single person who were running a support group but i found a old older lady who's uh, retired and owned her and she said to me listen my darling when i started out there was absolutely nobody doing this and i started my own group with one other person and you can go out and you can do the same and that's exactly what happened so um I started a friend with one with, with a friend I started a, a group the two of us started it together and then we were three and then we were four and then we were five 
and we just started going through all the material and we started implementing the, the steps and we, our own lives started changing because it, it's very powerful um, steps and we, we suddenly we, we were asking for support and we were reaching out and our lives just changed from there. Mm. Wow. And t- just tell me about some of the doors that started to open for you as, as you were implementing your steps and doing your self-work. Tell me well, what you started to see happen. Well, look, the first thing that happened is that um, my husband, the first time ever, decided that he really do want to work on our relationship. But now we were doing it from a different place because before it was my responsibility and I wanted to fix it and I believed I could fix it. And I, all of a sudden it was, oh, no, mister, we're not doing this anymore. I am fixing me. And if you want to come to the party, choose if you want to fix you or not. But it's not my job. And I'm... If you come along for the ride, that's fine and wonderful. If you don't come along for the ride, I'm still going to work on, on until I'm not a mess anymore. So it came from a very, very different place. And so suddenly we had two very willing people who were working on it. That made such a difference. So that was one thing that happened. Um, then the second thing that happened is as I started learning about the child program, I volunteered to run it at a psychiatric clinic. And, and just that very thing. That I um, went and I and I helped other people every single week, just to to also start learning these principles. That made a huge difference. I learned so much about um, everybody in there. Asking my sitting, look, I haven't had to deal with bipolar before. Teach me what it is, and they would. And so I really learned from them as much as I learned from me. And we worked. Um, we worked very hard. Uh, everybody in the groups worked very hard, and um, we we developed a kind of a program that we kept on uh, working on. And I started writing some modules for us so that people can get on with it, even when I wasn't around. And um, so we were working on stuff like self-esteem because it's a, it's a global global problem. Most people have self-esteem needs uh, we were really working very much on triggers because you know we all walk around with a bundle of triggers and um, so if you if you start to understand what your own triggers is you you know you neutralize your baggage and you become uh, more so words I would say a more present in your life you become less reactive you are able to start thinking and responding instead of just reacting. So you become easy to live with and you also become much more effective because now you don't just react, but you learn to communicate in a more powerful way. And those, I think, is the most important things that, that we dealt with. Mm. So who are you dealing with? Who are your clients? Are they... Um adults or are they let's say 20 year olds going into adulthood or are these people who um, are much older and much more mature who have realized that um, yeah they have this issue I've, I've got quite a wide cross-section of clients the majority of people that I work with are women old, older than 45 but it's not only women um, it's I've got 
few men older than 50, which is apparently quite a thing. But um, I would say the defining point is that is everybody have to get to a no more point. And so it's not to do as much with age or gender or anything. It has much more to do with how hard does it be? Because if it's hard enough, life is going to push you to a place where you're going to say, I don't know what's going on. I need help. And I'm, I'm uncomfortable enough that I'm becoming teachable. Because mm. until we are uncomfortable enough, we're not going to become teachable. Uh, the human brain is not built that way. We built to stick with what we know. And to actually start working on all this stuff, it's hard work. It's very, very hard work to go delve into your, your past and to go neutralize your old behaviors. It's, takes a lot of content concentration to change your habits and better um, coping into it. We, we just want to tend to go, just go back to what we know, even if it doesn't work. So it's that point when we get to know more. And when you get that realization that what you're doing right now is not working and, and you don't want to do this anymore, you, you may not even quite know what it is that you want to do, but it's the moment you know I... I'm uncomfortable enough to do it. So um, with younger people, it usually happens only after 27. But that's uh, there's, there's many exceptions. And I do have younger clients. It's just that the younger clients have become uncomfortable enough that they actually want to do the work too. Mm. So I'm curious, when you work with adults, uh, and when I say adults, I mean you know more mature, not in their uh, 20s or 30s, and you start to work with them and you start to bring these things out and tell them, you know, show them what their triggers are. What's the response that you get from people? Is it disbelief? Is it um, resistance? How do... How no, no. You know what's the first thing? It's always this thing. It's like, I thought I was the only one. Mm. You know, people are so good at hiding um, all, the, all the hardships in their life. People are just so so well schooled in looking okay mm. and so everybody's just walking around looking okay and we are hiding all of this stuff from each other but we all have got the same um really core mechanisms going on and we've got the same fears and, and we all fear judgment we all fear being rejected it's universal but we don't we don't understand that um it's it's not only us until we talk to one person or, or because I like doing group work, doing it in a group se se setting and when everybody goes like, me too, me too, me too. Yeah, I've been there. That's me exactly. And then you suddenly understand I'm not the only one. And that, you know, is just the biggest relief. So I can say overwhelmingly I get two reactions. One is relief and the other one is hope. Mm. And hope wow. is big. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's so that's really a breakthrough for someone, because like you said, when you're hopeless and you feel helpless, you're you're willing to, you know, listen and, and do whatever it takes because you're at the point of no return. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, oh, my goodness. So how long do you usually um, work with your clients. What's your program like? 
I I have amazing if if I if I if I work one with people I have amazing results within three to six weeks. Mm. Uh, I, I I don't work very long. I I, I rather um, I'm a counselor. I'm a trained counselor, but um, I'm also a life coach, and I like. Like life coach, it's because you know it's a little bit more directive, so it's a little bit more like okay, I understand. Um, thank you for telling me this, but okay, let's go. Let me show you a few things, and let's go through this. So I, I want to get to a point where I can actually show somebody so they can understand it and give them tools and exercises, and questionnaires and homework and practical stuff to do, because. Whenever we do something practical, we we get the hang of it much faster. So um, because I work in that practical kind of way, I think um, I I get this quite fast. If we I've um, I've got a few uh, support groups that I'm running, and if we work in support groups, you know people don't get as much individual attention. But and some people participate fast, and others sit a little bit and they before they start jumping in. But as soon as people start joining in and participate, then if 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 I look back in three months or, or six months' time, they always just to see where they've gone. Mm. Wow, that's that's huge. And if you don't mind, um, tell us a couple of your steps that you have your clients go through. It really depends on why they pitch up. So everybody is different. You know, if somebody pitch up with addiction, then you're going to do it a little bit different from if somebody pitch up with marriage problems. Mm-hmm. But there's a core thing that, that I help absolutely everybody to get to, and it's it's the most important principle, and that's to actually check if they know that they're an adult and if they know what it means to be an adult. Because one of the biggest things is um, if you're an adult, you have a voice and you have a choice. And mm. if you don't know that, if you don't know that you're an adult, first of all, you know, you're going to sit around with your button victim and you're going to sit and wait for somebody else to fix you. You remember that chicky I told you about who sat around for 12 years waiting for husband to, ch- to change? Mm. So and that's not going to happen. So if you if you want real change in life, you've got to first of all, you are the adult, it's up to you. And you cannot sit and wait for somebody else to make you happy. And then the second thing is you've got a voice and your choice and you are you are not sitting anywhere where you are somebody else's victim. If you're in a bad situation, it's because you're leading it. There is not a single situation in the world where you are sitting where it's not your choice. Even if your economical situation is keeping you there, you are choosing to stay there because you want to disrupt your state of living. So it's still a choice. And if you can get to the point where you can say, you know, I'm in a bad relationship and I have to be here because I choose not to disrupt my children or because I don't want to change my standard of living. So I'm choosing to sit here. It's way better than to sit around in that situation and go like, oh, he's so terrible. He's doing this to me. And you know, I can't leave because I won't have money. The minute you go to that victim outlook, you're powerless mm-hmm. and um, you feel terrible and you go and get antidepressants and 
you sit around moping and moaning the whole day. But if you come from a place of this is a choice, even although it's not the best thing for me, you are, you've already changed something substantial in your own life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that because I'm a firm believer of that. And I come from a background where I had a mother who was a victim. You know, that's what she told herself. It was, oh, why, you know, they don't treat me like this or no one's done this for me. And even as a child, before I knew what I know now, I would say, well, you know, what are you waiting on? Why don't, you know, why don't you do something different? And it's just amazing to me how people love to play the victim. And like you said, you have a voice and you have a choice. Yeah, uh, often we'll listen to the story. And at the end, that would be my first question, you know, do you know you're an adult? Mm. And and people actually have to check it. The second thing is people don't know when something is not on, you know. They say you, you get treated in a, in a way which is now not really ideal, but you've sort of gotten used to it or you don't think you're worth more. And you, you're just sitting in this situation and, and, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And without realizing that you get treated in a way that is not on. And I sometimes have to say to them, do you know it's not on? Or if your friend was treated like this, would you say it's okay? And it's like, oh, yes, I see what you're saying. No, it's not on. They've been in the situation for such a long time. They've never for one minute really looked at it from the outside and understood. They sit in a situation where they don't get treated well, but they sit there. Wow. And, you know, that that is something that it's hard. Like you said, it's hard for someone to to admit that. And it's it's all about accountability. Like you said, you're an adult and you have to be accountable for your actions. You can't just say that someone is doing this to you. It's, yes, yeah, exactly. you're, you're allowing it to happen. Yeah. It's, wow. it's a gun. And most <laughs> most of the time, there's not a gun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you know what surprises me is when, you know, how many people walk around in life and, like you said, they've been sitting in that situation for so long they don't even realize that they're not happy. <laughs> you know, you, yes. you find people who let's just say um, overeat and they don't even know why they're overeating. But if you step back and take a look, they're, they're really not happy with their, their lives or themselves. So that's the, their way to, to soothe and to pacify themselves. Yeah. You see, because we don't understand this adult child syndrome very well, and 70 to 80% of the world population are um, part of it. Because even the ones who um, had great upbringings, and I mean, there's a substantial amount of people who didn't have great upbringings, but even even in a house, you had a perfect upbringing, you could see a middle child and you slipped through the, through the cracks. Or you could have been compared with a brilliant older sister or... Something like that. I mean, obviously, if your parents have had any addiction problems or uh, a parent or um, you were separated for any kind of reason, all of those are enough to put you in the adult child bracket. So now you have 
70 to 80 percent of the world population walking around and they are acting on their seven-year-old because the subconscious um, directs our up to 80 percent of the time and when the subconscious directing your thoughts it is your um, learned behavior from seven years and younger that is directing your every action and that's scary so when my whole thing is to get people to get them to mindful living and mindful living is to start to become aware of the things we we do on autopilot and actually mm. to change into let me think about is this the best thing to believe um is this the best way to act is there a better coping skill and you know what is the stuff that i want to chuck out and and so that I can put in its place. Because your parents didn't have coping skills, they're not going to pass it on to you. Mm. If they didn't have good tools, they're not going to give you good tools. If they were screamers, somebody in your family is going to be a screamer. If they were avoiding um, intimacy, somebody in your family is going to be avoiding intimacy. So we 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 pick up a lot of behaviors we, we don't want to, and we don't even realize it. But the healthy behaviors you could only get if somebody actually taught them to you. Mm. Wow. <laughs> wow, that is that is something because you're right. If the per if your parents don't have it, they can't teach you. Yes. And it's not anything that you don't know that you're lacking that until you get to maybe be an adult and you see your dysfunction. Yes. But you see. The problem is that if you don't know better and you're just carrying on on, on your coping screen, you have a set of really rigid beliefs, especially if you, if you learned those beliefs during hardship and childhood. Your belief system is going to be very rigid because it worked. And so it, it, takes, it takes hardship to get to the point. You know, just go... I'm having a happy, fluffy, wonderful life, and now I need to change. You're going to paint yourself into a corner more and more until you get to the point where you say, no more. So, mm. it does take hardship to get to that. Wow. I mean, I love everything you're saying because that's something that I feel deeply in my heart. That's some self-work that I have done on myself and that I am now putting forth in my coaching because, yeah, it's all up to you. You have a voice and you have a choice. And I think people need to realize that and and be accountable. It's all about being accountable. Um, You just can't walk through life blaming everyone for your misery. Yes. Uh, But then then you get to the second point. And I think, you know, that's the reason... I've, and we've met many years sitting at, in the rooms of five different psychologists because there is a very place of you sit there and you talk. You walk out of there and you don't have real life changing skills. Mm-hmm. It was really only when, when we started getting life changing skills. For me and the group and in my, in my relationship, that that we could start to do things differently. Because you, you basically have to go to, to life school. Somebody has to teach you um, about self-esteem. Somebody has to teach you about 
uh, being present in your own and how to have a no. So the, the amount of who don't have a no who are just people pleasers and uh, walking around in victim and waiting for other people to change, just it's it's epidemic. And then we're not even getting to the really, really hard stuff, which is having wants and needs and knowing how to ask for it, how to be vulnerable and use that as your power and your strength. This is the thing that everybody's running away from. Mm. So we need life school. We, we, we need somebody to actually help us get those skills. You know, the stuff that we go over and we go like, who knew? Because we're adults. And we didn't know this stuff. And once you know it, you walk up, you wake up from sleepwalking. <laughs> and you know, I have to tell you something. The hardships that I've gone through in my life, I am so grateful for it. Every single one. I don't wish it on anybody. But those hard things, they've made my hard head ready. My hard head became soft. And I could actually start looking at different ways and try different things. I was so convinced everything I believed was right. <laughs> it, it's like a biggest blessing to, to the day when I realized not everything, but I, but I so firmly believed was right. And um, just that, that enormous blessing that I had hardship in my life. And I can help other people because it brought me to the point where I became teacher. Mm, I love it becoming teachable i mean we all need to have that moment when we can become teachable mm. this that was profound i love that you know i i see that you have a book and it's called hamster wheel relationship for women yes. tell me about that okay so i've i've made the title hamster wheel relationships for women because um, I have more women clients than, than men. I think it's, a, it's um, quite standard for coaches. But mm -hmm. it really is about um, self-empowerment. It works for everybody. Uh, I'm, write, I'm busy writing the one for men, and it's really the same book. Because this, this, these are the principles that we've been talking about just now that's, that are all in there and all the tools that, that we need. But it, it, in the end, it's a self-empowerment book. Because, of, you know, the stuff we've been talking about, just oh, all the stuff that leads to self-empowerment, because when you become aware, you then take a lot, your life in your own hands and you're directing it and you start directing it in such a powerful way because now for the first time you actually know how to ask for what you want. You know you're supposed to ask for, for stuff. You know you're supposed to have wants and needs all of a sudden. And... Um, you can have difficult conversations and you have you can you can make your decisions from self because you can grow your own self-esteem and so it's all so self-empowering and when you do these things all your relationships improve suddenly you walk around and you don't have these walls around you you can be vulnerable and suddenly suddenly people react differently to you because you you are not so defensive and you're not blaming people and you're not sitting around in victim, but you are open and accepting. You are respecting. So you're not a pushover all of a sudden, but you are just more available. And 
So that that's such a powerful combination to be, to 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 have, and that's why I'm saying the the book is more about self empowerment than anything else. And all your relationships are going to be better because it's not your, just your intimate relationships; it's your relationships with your family, it's your relationships with um, in, in in the workplace, just with person driving. Um, eight of you that you avoid with and all of a sudden you don't get so annoyed anymore because you don't take things personally so it it really goes into all your um, everywhere in your life wow yeah you're right that's uh yeah it, it can go into any any part of your life any relationship it could be for male or female um but yeah it seems like sometimes we like to stay on that hamster wheel right and and keep spinning and going around and around and around and um yeah we we have the power to not keep spinning well if you think about it you know if you don't know any better what are you supposed to do that's true that's true you know so i always say to people denial is not about you don't want to know denial is really about you don't know any better mm. so you know nobody cho- chooses to be over controlling nobody chooses to with withdraw because it's wonderful. We we do it as survival techniques. Yeah. But we don't know there's something easier and better in the place of it. Wow, and I never I never thought about it that way, but you're right. It is it's a survival technique. You don't want to be hurt. You don't, you know, so you put up these defense mechanisms. Exactly. Um, and yeah, that's that's the way we protect ourselves. Yeah. Man, you know, I can I can go on talking to you forever because it's just like you said, there's a synergy between us and and I'm really I'm really feeling it and I'm really connected and I like it. Um, but I'm going to go to the question portion of the show. OK, the exciting part. The unknown. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm a little scared. <laughs> oh, have no fear. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, so question number one. Who or what motivates you? The the fact that I know that there's somebody out there who, who, who is as desperate as I was 12 years ago to get help. Mm. What demotivates you? Nothing. <laughs> wow. Mm. Nothing. <laughs> okay. All right. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? I have to go very far away. Far back. You know, I'm now the only one who can hurt me if I take stuff personally. So it just doesn't exist anymore because I just don't take stuff personally anymore. Nobody says stuff to hurt you. It's the way you you look at it. It's When somebody else lashes out at you, it's always their own pain. 
Okay. I didn't think about that either. That was good. What is your fear? My fear is very practical. I live on a busy road and, I always, and I'm, I'm scared every single day that one of my cats are going to be run over. Mm. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Okay, so I don't live in the regrets anymore. Because and it, it's, it's like that thing that I said to you about the hard things in my life. Because the minute, the minute you, you start living in regrets, you live in the past. And you, you zero percent effective. You're really only effective right now. So the minute you bring yourself back to right, what can I do right now? Powerful. But the minute you regret something, you, 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 you've, you're giving away your powers absolutely uh, of no use to me to go to the, to the, to the past. It's over. It's done. Hmm. Okay, well, then I guess I can skip this next question, which was, <laughs> is there a time when you wish you had not done something? So I guess that would be the same answer. No, can't like. Can't do life. Same answer. Okay. It's incidentally also one of the main things that I teach my clients. Mm-hmm. That's great. What is your definition of success? When you can find your point of equilibrium. So that's like the happiness place. And if, if I can give you an example of what I mean. If you, if you, face something that's really, really hard. You've just lost a, a, a family member or you've had an enormous fight with somebody that's important to you or somebody really disappointed you and betrayed your trust. And you're upset in that moment. If you have an equilibrium point, then that's a place where you can go back to where you know um, it sucks right now and I'm going to honor my feelings. I'm going to accept that this is how it is and I don't have to like it. But I have got my equilibrium point to go to when I've done when I'm done with this feeling and I've processed it. That's when you that's when you're honoring your feelings at the same time, but you also understand that you have got the power in you to go back to happy. Once you've processed, hmm. okay, that making sense to you? Oh yeah, I mean you're you're giving such um, wisdom that I'm just enjoying listening to you. Um, how do you recharge? I'm an introvert, so I've got to be quiet. So really, any time when I can just um, have some time by myself. I, I like um, reading. Today we spent the whole day just sitting next to the water, having a picnic, looking at the water. I could have sat there another three or four days just looking at the water. So it's just um, introvert uh, recharged by being quiet by themselves. And I'm, I'm very happy that I've learned that. And mm-hmm. it's one of the pleasures I, I give myself. Mm. I, I love that because, you know what, I'm an introvert as well. And it's funny because I like doing nothing. I like being at home, um, 
being by myself and just like you said, in the quiet, um, a lot of people go, oh, well, what, you know, you're not going to do anything. And I'm, no, don't want to do anything. Mm. So, um, yeah. Um, what are you awesome at? Awesome at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a long list. <laughs> <laughs> What is your most awesomeness? <laughs> um, um, I do stained glass and ceramics, and um, I I have a motorbike, and I go out on long rides, and I'm quite awesome at taking long rides on my motorbike. And um, I think I'm really awesome at at helping people. Mm. What legacy do you want to leave? I want, I want more people to know that it doesn't have to be so hot. It, it fires me up. It makes me get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and start writing. It makes me work very long hours. Um, and to, to actually build a system in which I can spread my message to more people. Mm, That is a good legacy. Louise, give the listeners one motivational takeaway. You know, I think the biggest one is you've got a voice and you've got a choice. Uh, I think if you don't know that, then it's up to you to find out why you've given away your voice. And if you don't Know how to have an effective voice. If you need to learn to communicate or learn be, learn to listen better, or learn to put yourself in your own queue, um, then it's up to you to reach out for for help because there's always help there. You must just reach out. Mm. Louise, tell the listeners how they can connect with you, your website, social media platforms, anything. My website is um, Infinite Potential. It's infinite potential, really. So if you don't mind, if you can post it, because it's hard to to spell, it's very long. So it's infinitepotential.com. And my Facebook links, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, absolutely everything is on there. There's a sign-up form for my mailing list uh i've got a sort of irregular mailing list which is depending on uh, what i'm busy with i have a post three times a week or three times a month but it's it's never the three times a day variation and um I'm, i love it when people email me and reach out to me i'm working on courses right now so i'm putting up online courses on hamster wheel relationships and self Team and um, living your best life because I've just done a phenomenal retreat called Living Your Best Life. And um, yeah, I, I would say that's the best way to build of me is my um, website. Uh, I one on one sessions and I do Skype calls and Zoom calls. So um, I basically work all the world. Okay. And and listeners, I will have all of her links in the show notes so that you can go directly to them to reach out to Louise. 
Um, Louise, I thank you for being here with me on Trina Talk and hopefully we'll keep in touch because I really, I really like the synergy we're having. I, I love talking to you. I, I, I can't be talked for an hour already. It's like, absolutely, I can't believe it. So if, yeah, if, if we um, have an opportunity to talk again in the future, I would love it. And um, thank you so much. I love what you're doing in the world. I love the fact that you, that you uh, are empowering people. And so it's just so wonderful to connect with you. Thank you so very, very much for that. Hey, well, thank thank you for your kind words, and hopefully, you and I we can we can together work and empower people to know that you know there's yeah. I'm so learn. excited about that, and looking forward to that. Oh, great! Well, you have a great day. Okay, Trina. If you like Trina talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.